It's Veterans Day 2005. I'm Michael A. Stackpole, and you're listening to Think About This. Think about this. Once upon a time, society was led by the best and the brightest. We were informed. Now we're distracted. When there's something you should really think about, we'll point it out. So much material, so little bandwidth. Think about this. With an AP poll showing that 6 of 10 Americans believe President Bush was dishonest in getting us into the war in Iraq, Republicans have trotted out two lies worthy of the Bart Simpson school of logic. In an effort to duck responsibility for manufacturing and cherry-picking evidence which led us into war, the party of Nixon first shifts blame back to the Clinton administration and then further clouds the issue by suggesting the Democrats have taken no leadership position in this situation. Those are two big charges and appear damning, but only if you're a neuron shy of a synapse. Or, speaking plainly enough for a Republican to understand, you'd only believe that stuff if you'd had the sort of public school education that No Child Left Behind initiative would supply. The first charge that the Clinton administration said that Iraq had weapons of mass destruction programs comes bolstered by quotes from the former president and Secretary of State Albright. There's no denying they said those things. We can even posit they were made based on the best intelligence available at the time. The fact remains, however, that Clinton was two years out of office before we went into Iraq, and the Bush administration had poo-pooed the Clinton pursuit of Osama bin Laden as the tail wagging the dog. More importantly, this charge is the first time the party of Nixon has ever placed any importance on anything said during the Clinton years. We also have to remember that in the six months prior to the launch of the Iraq war, U.S. and British forces used more ordnance than they had employed in the previous two years. They softened up Iraqi air defenses, and if you don't believe they were looking for some sort of Gulf of Tonkin retaliatory incident by Iraq to invite a war, you are a child who was left behind. Justifying the war in Iraq by quoting Clinton makes as much sense as justifying an attack on Japan by quoting FDR. The president is supposed to make decisions based on now, not then. When he allows his aides to cook the books and present faulty data, he gets us into a war that benefits no one but corporations with no-bid, cost-plus contracts. The second charge Republicans and their apologists bring up is couched in childish terms. The Democrats have no plan, they announce, as if that's true, and as if that is a justification for letting things deteriorate. This is an elaborate house of cards that rests on very unsteady underpinnings. First, saying Democrats have no plan sidesteps the key issue. If the Democrats had been in charge, if the evidence used to make decisions had not been faked, we would not be in Iraq. Complaining now that Democrats have no plan to get us out is a bald attempt to absolve the Republicans of their responsibility for our being in Iraq in the first place. Second, the Democrats are in the minority in both houses of Congress. The president has pursued his own variant of a Clinton policy, don't ask, don't listen. Short of Harry Reid pulling the Senate into closed session, the Democrats have had no chance to advance suggestions, much less full-blown plans, about anything. This charge makes as much sense as a kidnapper accusing his victim of conspiring with him because the victim never said, no, don't do that. Third, even if the Democrats didn't have a plan, that hardly justifies what the party of Nixon is doing in Iraq. They don't have a plan either. Stay the course is not a plan when the leader can't articulate what the course is, can't predict when the trip will be over, and can't begin to pay the bills being racked up as he goes along. 
And the whole, we'll fight them over there so we don't have to fight them here idea just doesn't wash. That's like saying the solution to nuclear proliferation is to create a breeder reactor with no controls on it. As the bombings in Madrid, London, and Jordan prove, there is no there there. The same economic globalization the administration touts as the way of the future means there is no way to prevent the spread of terrorism. And the lack of Republican attention to things like the inspection of container ships proves they know this to be true and not worth the effort. Fourth, and most important, stating that the Democrats have no plan for dealing with Iraq suggests that the only problem we have to worry about is Iraq. Moreover, it focuses the question such that there is no clean solution. The problems that got us into Iraq demand solutions that will include getting us out and ensuring we never get embroiled in such a debacle again. So, what's the solution? First, recognize that the core problem is energy. Iraq was attacked to stabilize the Middle East because we're petro-junkies. Face it, oil is very 20th century. And only by going cold turkey are we going to be able to beat the energy Jones. Any responsible government would be pumping money into research on alternate fuels and renewable energy sources. Sure, big oil has a government in its pocket, but we can work with that. Instead of giving them the corporate welfare we already do, we shift things. We offer them dollar-for-dollar -dollar tax credits on money spent on alternate fuel and renewable energy research done here in the United States. We offer corporations an investment tax credit for taking alternative fuels, using them, and for putting renewable energy sources into their facilities. If the business of America is business, turn it loose on the energy problem. Once we're rid of our dependence on foreign oil, the Middle East shrinks in importance. We don't need to be stationing troops in undemocratic nations to secure oil pipelines and supplies. We won't need to prop up the House of Saud. Heck, we can afford to let Muslim fundamentalists return the Middle East to a pre-Crusade Islamic paradise. We could even go so far as to take Michael Jackson back and promise Paris Hilton will never find her way to Baghdad. In terms of Iraq, to paraphrase Colin Powell, we broke it, we own it. We have to fix it. And that means repairing infrastructure and giving the people a sense of investment in their own country. Now, looking back at history, one party was good at providing people jobs, setting up a social security network, building roads, electrifying rural areas, and otherwise raising a nation from 19th century poverty into the 20th century. The WPA and similar projects were all part of the New Deal, and Iraq is sorely in need of the New Deal. Instead of paying Halliburton to rebuild the country, why not just run the money down to the people, letting them do the work and make the decisions for what is right for them? It worked to rebuild America. It ought to work for Iraq. And when Iraq is working, we can finally bring our boys home. Only then will the mission be accomplished. Most important of all, we cannot let Republican lies go unchallenged. When somebody trots out the Clinton WMD line, go immediately for the throat. Tell them, that was then, this is now. We're not talking about Clinton, we're talking about Bush cooking the books. No one died because of Clintonian rhetoric. Bush's lies have cost thousands of lives. Republicans, ultimately, are in the position of a driver who defends his poor driving by telling a passenger, hey, you don't have a map, so don't tell me how to drive. It makes no sense. And given world circumstances, we can't afford to have leaders who are senseless. It's something to think about. Something to Think About is brought to you by GrowlingCat.com. That's cat with a K. 
Visit their store at www.cafepress.com slash growlingcat. You'll find smart clothes for the revolution. Growling Cat, because it's a political jungle out there.